Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Before we start, I would like to draw your attention to my weekly email newsletter, Friday Focus. Each Friday, I focus on one topic with one action arising. The link to sign up is in the show notes or head over to amyrolinson.com and sign up right now. Hello and welcome to episode 346 of Focus on Why. My name is Amy Rowlandson and this is my 55th Solo Reflections with Actions episode where I get to share with you in more detail some of my favorite moments from the last five interviews and share the meaning that I've taken from them. It's important to note that these are simply my reflections with actions and I'm really aware that you will likely have experienced very different moments and attached different meanings to each of those which will have led then to different actions that you've taken from tuning in. And that's the beauty of life, how our unique experiences, values and beliefs cause us to have different perspectives from the same events that we're witness to. So let's dive in and explore the first episode, which was 341 Inspiring Business Minds with Dr. Tama Shaheen. Tama was actually introduced to me by the wonderful Dave Plunkett, who was one of my guests on episode 336. So thank you, Dave. Tama is a seasoned entrepreneur, investor and business coach who has experienced the full spectrum of entrepreneurship from advising governments and multinational corporations to scaling his own business to $100 million, then losing everything to the tune of $2.5 million in personal debt. Tama's journey has been filled with huge successes, catastrophic losses, but most importantly, valuable lessons. It's these varied experiences that have shaped Tama with resilience, know-how and a unique understanding of the dynamics of business success with the determined focus of inspiring business minds. Tama shared that you should never stop. It's not just start with why, it is very much a focus on why and you keep coming back and refining it and making sure has that changed or not. You may have started with why, however, do you still focus on why? It's the reason this podcast is called Just That, as it's not enough to simply start with why. It's the focus element that carries the vision into fruition. It is that ongoing piece of work to review, to evolve, to grow that is critical. Tama spoke of harmony between his family and work life. Now, I spoke about this at length in my last Reflections episode, and it still creeps into this one again. Tama has another perspective on balance with his reframe on balance to harmony, choosing a word that very much reflects on his actions in life. Tama seeks to focus on the present moment where his attention is most needed. Balance is about equality, whereas harmony is more about a priority of feeling. For me, I see harmony as a dance which has fluidity and flexibility, whereas balance is more structured and restricted in its approach. So I like the reframe to help him achieve impact and legacy whilst maintaining a lifestyle that works for him and his family. I also want to focus on the conflict that Tama faces. He wants to prevent the pain of what he went through for others, and yet he said he would do it all again, although with a preference for less pain and suffering, of course. 
He, he wants to stop people from completely crumbling and learn that failing is an option. But his lesson is to show people how to integrate failure into every day. And therein lies the paradox. You learn through hardship. You learn through pain. Without it, the lessons are not as clear or even appreciated. Ultimately, although we don't like it, suffering is where we discover real meaning. They are so intrinsically connected, it is hard to separate them. Suffering and understanding suffering is the meaning of life itself. The cycle of birth, of life, of death all come with suffering. It was Frederick Nietzsche who said that to live is to suffer, to survive is to find some meaning in the suffering. What is the purpose of suffering in life? It's a question I'm certain you've pondered along with. What is the meaning of life? And perhaps, is this really it? Who am I? What is my purpose? How do I find my purpose? What's the best way to live? What is my legacy? How can I be happy? What's the meaning of success? And, and how do I achieve a sense of balance? Or rather, how do I achieve harmony in my life and work? So despite the suffering, Viktor Frankl used his experiences of being held captive in a concentration camp in World War II to explore human capacity for finding meaning and purpose, even in the most difficult of circumstances. The book I'm writing at the moment about purpose speaks of suffering in great detail in connection to understanding what you can and what you cannot control, about how to take ownership of your own choices, actions and beliefs, understanding the meaning you attach to all the moments in your life and recognise that at each moment, you choose the story you tell yourself. Tamar's episode was an invaluable one to hear. His journey will be of value to anyone who's struggling with entrepreneurship or needs to recognize the powerful lessons that can be learned from their struggle, the importance of reframing for achieving balance. And it was about gratitude for having conversations and sharing valuable lessons, the importance of trust in business, about planning for failure in a strategic way finding harmony in life and navigating business to make a global impact Tamar's story truly echoes the ebb and flow of life and lives up to its title of inspiring business minds it really does inspire you however it could easily have been called impact over profit or overcoming challenges or harmony over balance strategizing for failure the ultimate goal maybe or perhaps making a global impact through business and education so my question to you is what suffering have you experienced that has led to true insights or even greater events for you? What despite pain or suffering would you relive because of what you now have or now know or now understand or now appreciate? Please let me know. I'd love to hear from you about how you found meaning and purpose from some of your experiences. Next up is episode 342, Silent Legacy with Joe Glover. I almost called this episode the field of confidence because of the great metaphor that Joe used to describe his work as creating a fantastic playing field where people would want to come and join in with him. His very own version of a field of dreams, maybe. If you build it, they will come. Collaboration for Joe sits at the heart of his work. Joe, like Tamar, is another fabulous entrepreneur who seeks to solve problems for others with his purpose-driven focus. And another shout out here to Simon Haig from episode 307, Back to Nature, who made the introduction to Joe. Thank you. Founder of the marketing meetup, Joe Glover focuses on improving people's lives by solving their problems through effective communication and providing safe environments to grow their networks and businesses. Striving to increase people's confidence and knowledge, whether it be in the marketing field, 
as a leader, or even as a parent, Joe believes that anyone can benefit from this approach. Whilst many people speak of being defined by the legacy they leave behind them, Joe has a different perspective on his contribution. His drive to spread kindness doesn't require any direct recognition, so instead, he chooses to create a silent legacy. Legacy, unsurprisingly, has been a topic of hot discussion across many of the episodes over the last three years. What does legacy mean to you? For some, it is simply what you leave to others in your will. However, a legacy can be considered as far more than your money, your estate or your property. Your legacy is all about what you leave behind you in terms of how you'll be remembered and what you accomplished whilst alive. But there's more. A legacy might be your knowledge, creations, innovations, love, memoirs, stories, recipes, heirlooms or your values. For Joe, it's his value of kindness. He wants to leave this silent legacy of kindness and other positive traits for others to take on. He wishes the world to be a kind place, and so his work is guided by the principles of kindness and love. How do you bring kindness and love into your business? Is it possible to make money while making an impact? Of course it is. Being a purpose-driven business is the way forward. It is achieved through vision, connection and collaboration. It is achieved with a purpose, a plan and an unwavering focus on why. Your legacy will ripple through the years if you come from the perspective of life is bigger than you. A living legacy is how many people purposefully choose to live in today's world. And with the advance of technology, it can also be digitalized forever. In fact, leaving a legacy helps you come to terms with your own mortality, knowing that you matter, that you will be remembered or maybe not even remembered, but your work will be taken on board and that you have made a difference in the world is a core human need. Joe and I spoke about the impact of death and mortality as he had a scare over COVID-19 that made him confront his own mortality. He now recognises that he could have been gone in a flash, so he ensures that he makes the most of every moment, particularly when it comes to time with his daughter. Joe's legacy is not just found in his work, but in his parenting, in his communication of his love, compassion and kindness, in all that he does and is. Through my podcast, I choose to gift the world with a living legacy of inspiration, insight and knowledge to create positive ripple effects. Focus on Why is a living library of pioneers of purpose. Each episode is unique and will in some way encourage you to change your perspective or open your mind up to possibilities and opportunities as you reimagine your future, giving you a unique opportunity to learn, to improve and to adapt your attitude to decision making. Living each day becomes your legacy. Learning from the past and carving your path for the future shaped by how you spend each moment of each day. Without choosing to leave a legacy, you may lack a sense of purpose or meaning in life. Take time out from your busy daily life to reevaluate what is truly your life course and whether you may have drifted off this course. Every one of us has the power to affect change. First, you just need to self-reflect and challenge yourself to be selfless and be motivated to help others. Meaning in life is what you choose to make of it. You have a choice. Life is all about the people you meet and the positive ripple effects you create with them. What we choose to do together today shapes the life we live tomorrow and beyond. So I ask you one question. What legacy will you create today? Next up is episode 343, Trust in Action with Tony Underwood. My thanks goes out to Gary Hosey this time from episode 224, Being Human for the introduction. 
I have to say, I was a bit of a fangirl having Tony on the show as I, as I am a massive rugby fan. In fact, that's probably even an understatement. I absolutely love rugby. And I'm truly so grateful for the wonderful contribution that my guests and listeners make in bringing new people into the Focus on Why realm. So thank you, Gary. I often wonder what paths I will cross in the future on this show with recommendations that come my way. So brought down to earth and physically grounded in the pandemic, former British Lions rugby player Tony Underwood transitioned from being an airline pilot to being the pilot of his own purpose-focused and impact-driven life. With a shift in perspective on purposeful living and a focus on fulfilment, Tony reflected on his values of trust, love and respect and what legacy he wants to leave behind. Tony felt a gnawing sense of unfulfillment. He felt he was living Groundhog Day. The legacy piece was there in the back of his mind and was edging ever close to the fore of his mind. It took the death of two of his close friends and peers, Steve Black and Inga Twigamala, to shift his way of thinking and being. Ensuring that the teachings and ways of life of these two people who made a profound impact on Tony's life are being passed on to the next generation... Tony believes that everything revolves around building relationships. Keeping them alive gives Tony his purpose. To pass on their teachings, to understand, process and model the greats with love gives him a great focus on why. Now with this transformative focus of performance through purpose, Tony is a brilliant advocate of trust in action. He made the transition from international rugby player to build another successful career in commercial aviation, only to make a further transition bringing his unique insights from these two high-performing environments to leaders within organizations. He shared what individual qualities it takes to harness the most from teams and how everything revolves around love, relationships and trust. Now, Tony referenced the trust equation, which is from Charles Green, David Meister and Robert Gulford's book, The Trusted Advisor. The equation details four components that affect trust. Credibility plus reliability plus intimacy are all divided by self-orientation. This equation measures how much trust you can place in others and how much they place in you. While the trust equation was designed for the workplace and for leaders and teams, the calculation applies to all relationship building. Trust is about understanding people's needs and ensuring they are met. Trust trumps performance. You would rather have someone you could trust over someone who performs well whom you don't trust. This equation was spoken about in The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek, where he shared the importance of trust in the Navy SEALs, where they prioritised trust before performance. Referencing the Navy SEALs, Sinek says you need to show high scores in two key areas, trust and performance. Performance is assessed on technical competence, grit and staying cool under pressure. Trust is about character, humility and personal accountability, not just with physical safety, but also with psychological safety. Cynic places these two traits on two axes of a graph. Trust goes on the horizontal axis and performance on the vertical axis. He shared how low scores in trust and performance would be placed in the bottom left quadrant and high scores in each area would score high and place in the top right quadrant. What was interesting is that the Navy SEALs would rather have a medium score in performance with a high score in trust than the reverse. So trust is therefore prioritized over performance. Now, this is an interesting finding and converse to the operations of most businesses. Performance is more often what we measure ourselves against. I wonder what would happen if trust was replaced as a measure of your success. If the Navy SEALs, one of the highest performing teams in the world, value trust over 
performance, then you can take a lot from this into your own business philosophy and also into your personal life. For me, it comes down to values, knowing your own personal values and being aligned to them, honoring them and ensuring that they shine through in everything you do. Curiously, I looked up the etymology of the word trust and it comes from the Old Norse words trostra or trost and from the verb traster, meaning make strong and safe, firm or solid or rely on. It also means to have confidence in. And this makes sense to me as to make something strong, safe and solid requires building it over time. It's not a one hit wonder. The same can be said for purpose. This is also built over time and involves both purpose and trust are built in a series of moments, sometimes seemingly insignificant ones. However, they compound over time. According to Stephen R. Covey, trust is the highest form of human motivation. It brings out the very best in people, but it takes time and patience. In his brilliant book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Covey speaks of the emotional bank account, which he uses as a powerful metaphor to describe the amount of trust built up in a relationship, describing it as the feeling of safeness you have with another human being. A word of warning, though, no matter how long trust has been held, trust can be lost in an instant. Trust is what enables you to live a life of purpose. You need trust in yourself so that you can achieve what you desire. However, you also need to hold trust in others to help you make these things happen. Focus on trust. How trusted are you by your friends, your peers, your family? What could you do today to build more trust in yourself and others? What is your perspective on purpose? What can you do? And what do you need to do to do that? My penultimate reflection is episode 344, Intergenerational Communication with Rene Lee Rosenberg. With four decades of experience, Rene helps people and organizations understand generational differences and how they impact lives, work and attitudes towards aging. Now with up to five generations at a push in the workforce, each generation's beliefs, attitudes and values vary due to their unique experiences. Understanding these differences is vital for effective workplace communication and collaboration. Rene explains the stigma of ageism and how culture and society both shape people's views on aging and death. Embracing aging, seeking to eliminate stereotypes and creating a more inclusive society and a successful multi-generational workforce, Rene is working on improving intergenerational communication. Could communication in your business be improved with greater awareness of generational differences? If so, go back and check out this episode and learn about the impact it really could have. One of my listeners, Kate Day, shared her reflection with me via LinkedIn. She said, really fascinating to hear Renee talking about how the different generations behave differently in the workplace and require different motivations. I'd always thought that it was just that the younger colleagues hadn't yet learned the right way i.e. my way. Good to be reminded that we have to reframe how we set tasks, roles and responsibilities to get the best out of people. And I actively made myself laugh as I drove along for a bit of a tonic. Goodness knows what the other road users thought. Thank you, Amy, for another great episode. Now, that last bit will make more sense if you've listened to this episode, as Renee explains the importance of laughter and smiles and how she integrates laughter into all of her workshops as unconditional joy relaxes the mind and body. Rene says it also increases our health and well-being and our attitude towards aging, that you age more effectively if you have joy in your life. So what brings you joy in your life? 
Joy is our inner guidance system to living on purpose. If you're not feeling joy, you're likely to be off track and living off purpose. Look for the simple ways that you can bring more joy into your everyday life. A walk in amongst nature usually works wonders for me. Just listening to beautiful bird song and seeing the flowers budding all year round, whether it's the snowdrop, the magnolia, the rose, or even orchids, which bloom all year round in my house. And I'd love to share with you three short stories of joy written of three of these flowers, the white rose, the snowdrop and the orchid. The white rose. 12 years ago, I planted a small white rose in my garden and it has absolutely flourished. It now flowers all year round, bringing me so much joy. One year, a single flower bloomed on Christmas Day and it was the best Christmas gift I could ever wish to receive. Why is a white rose so important to me and why does it bring me so much joy? It's because it transports me right back to my childhood, to those special joyful moments of simplicity, to when I used to sit on my doorstep as a young four or five year old and gaze up at that beautiful white roses which framed the front door and I would watch the bees move effortlessly from rose to rose. To when I was an eight year old surrounded by books sitting on a rug in my garden and I came across the story Beauty and the Beast for the first time. The story was simple and the illustrations were beautiful. And when asked what gift Beauty would like on her father's return from business, Beauty replied, a white rose, please father. And from that moment, whenever I was asked what gift I would like to receive, I made that same simple request, a white rose, please. For me, Beauty and the Beast is more than a fairy tale, though. It represents my story in life, a story of love, honesty, nature and joy. For me, the white rose symbolizes joy, love, gratitude, knowledge and understanding. And this is why every time I celebrate a special occasion, I choose white roses. In my wedding bouquet back in 2001, in my renewal of my wedding vows in 2011, on both occasions, the buttonhole flowers were white roses and even the centerpiece gift that I had from my neighbours for my 40th birthday were all white roses and on my anniversary last week when I was visiting Chartwell with my husband there were beautiful roses in the walled garden beautiful white roses so symbolic so moving on to the snowdrop Every winter I see hope and joy in the form of snowdrops and it makes me feel warm and uplifted and there's something magical about snowdrops and I believe there's a, a reason why they surface at this particular time of the year when the days are shorter, wet and cold. They bring joy to a stark landscape. Seeing a blanket of snowdrops on the verge with their simple elegance of their pure white flower petals, I wanted to show my gratitude and joy for them. So I wrote a little poem to a snowdrop, Dear Snowdrop. Seeing your delicate drooping head lifts my heart. I can't help but smile and feel an inner warmth knowing that once again spring is on its way. Seemingly impervious to the bitter wind and the icy rain, you stand proud knowing your purpose, protecting your pollen from the elements for the winter insects. You may be small and understated, however seeing you on my daily walk fills me with deep joy and hope. So I just wanted to say thank you. And finally, the orchid. It was late 2014. I was sitting on the train, weary from a busy day at work with a sorry, dead-looking stick plant on my lap. I even got funny glances from other commuters, but I smiled back at them knowingly. 
that I would nurture this brown stick back to its full glory. It just needed time. I'd rescued an orchid from the office bin as it had been thrown away after it stopped flowering, after it stopped being beautiful, after it no longer brought joy to the room. I couldn't bear to think that its beauty would be lost in the depths of landfill forever. So placing it on my kitchen windowsill, I added a small amount of water and just left it to work its own magic. I watched the brown stick become green once more. It has flowered beautifully ever since. It still lives on and has flourished, bringing me joy every day. Don't give up on nature. Nature teaches us hope, patience and perseverance. Nature teaches us joy. Nurture nature. And as Joseph Campbell said, we cannot cure the world of sorrows, but we can choose to live in joy. How about you? What brings you joy in life? Looking back through your life, what have you experienced or when have you experienced the most joy? Make a list. Write down whatever comes to you. Notice what you were doing, where you were or who you were with. And looking at your list, are there any common elements or themes to the times when you felt the most joy? Find joy in your journey of life. Choose to live with joy. Focus on joy. Renee brings unconditional joy, laughter and happiness to the workplace. She's focused on change, change in the body, change in the workplace. She challenges people to recognize the change which is all around us. Her purpose is to help people who are aging. And just in case you're in any doubt, that's you, it's me. And she's helping them to defeat the stereotype of ageism. Aging is inevitable. The clock only turns one way. Don't fight age, embrace it and know that it is just a number. As Rene said, people should be viewed based on how they function rather than their chronological age. Acknowledging your age can lead to a happier life. And after all, isn't that what we all desire? My final reflection today is episode 345, Sport is Life with Ian Stafford. Again, another thank you goes to Francis West for the introduction. I really am so grateful. Sport is not the games room. Sport is life. Sport injects so much happiness. This is what Ian Stafford said. Across a 30-year multimedia career, multi-award winning writer, journalist, reporter and presenter, Ian Stafford has interviewed the world's top sports stars and covered all of the greatest sporting events. Believing that sport is the world's greatest common denominator, Ian shares many life lessons that can be acquired from the world of sport. For Ian, reward comes at the end of the equation, not the start. Perseverance and determination override anything else. And sport is not a game. Sport is life. Sport is such a huge part of my life. For as long as I can remember, I've played sport, watched sport, coached sport, been involved in communities built around sport. I played golf as a junior age 8 to 13 and before I transitioned into rowing where I became a national champion age 15. I used to coach children, adults, partially sighted and blind children, taking them out onto the river or coaching them from the river towpath. I grew up watching my dad play village cricket. I remember being pulled out of school even to go to Edgbaston to watch England play the West Indies and went to see Warwickshire play many times. I instilled that way of life with my own children. Sport in our house is life. Cricket, rugby, tennis, paddle, running, they all feature on a daily basis. In fact, on a dog walk today, my daughter turned round to me and said, sport is life, mum. Yes, I thought, mission accomplished. 
And I said to her, that's so strange that you say that because that's the name of my latest episode. We're drawn into the world of sport as we derive so much pleasure in seeing people excel, to live their journey through their successes, through their failures. We live that journey alongside them to see them become the best in their chosen sport. Sport is vital, not just for your physical fitness, making your muscles stronger and keeping your bones, lung and heart in good condition, but also from a mental fitness perspective. Sport stimulates the brain. It teaches you a lot about life and yourself. It helps children and continues to do so for adults to learn the importance of teamwork, cooperation, sharing, patience, failure and success, strategy and social interaction, especially how to have fun. What role does sport play in your life? Back in 2012, when I was a games maker at the London Olympics, I was stationed at the O2 or the North Greenwich Arena as it was rebranded for this period. And I bore witness to the three sports of gymnastics, trampolining and basketball. I was also lucky enough to attend many of the events in other locations for both the Olympics and the Paralympics. And I saw firsthand how sport brings people together from all walks of life to share the, the emotions of the game. Ian said that the sport is the world's greatest common denominator and nothing like sport brings everybody together. And it's so true. Sport shapes us. It defines us. It helps us to to learn, grow, celebrate. It shows us how to aim for what really matters to us. The lessons for sport are infinite. Take cricket, for example, at grassroots level. Where else would a 14-year-old open the bowling from one end with a 64-year-old at the other and form an inimitable impressive bowling attack one game I watched my son my father my husband all play together and last year my son my husband my daughter and her boyfriend were all playing on the same team simply brilliant now more recently Netflix has taken to going inside various sport disciplines and pulling together the most gripping documentaries if you haven't seen The Last Dance Breakpoint or Drive to Survive I direct you to go and check them out right now. Iron Bolt is another one also. And available on Amazon is Sam Mendes's documentary, Phoenix of the Ashes, which is about Ben Stokes. They are all brilliantly put together and really illustrate just how important sport is in our lives. Just because we're not in the centre of the arena does not mean that we're not a key player in sport. Sport is an inspiration to us all. And the overriding message that I took from Ian's episode was of priceless perseverance. He can't put a price on what sport has given him. Ian said, my wealth isn't money in my bank account. My wealth is a whole lifetime of experiences and adventures and anecdotes and scrapes. For Ian, perseverance and determination override anything else. The world's full of wasted talent. Talent is nowhere near enough, he says. It helps, but it's nowhere near enough. He said, never give up to keep going no matter what, as you will be rewarded for your efforts and references Steve Redgrave's story in regards to that. So put yourself into the arena that we call life and finish the race. You have to put in the hard graft to get the rewards. Like Steve Redgrave, at some point in the future, you get to cash in on the hard work that you've put in over the years. It's about deferred gratification, understanding what matters and having that focus on why you're doing what you're doing, why you're being who you're being. Coincidentally, Ian's final words were to just enjoy yourself, to go to bed having had at least one belly laugh and having helped somebody during that day. For him, that sounds like a good day and that sounds like a great plan to me too. 
In all of these five episodes, there has been a thread of determination, perseverance and focus that has run through each of these journeys with an element of fun, happiness, love. And despite the very different approaches in life, all five guests share a common purpose built upon the foundation of exploration, experience and endurance. They each truly embody what matters most to them. They create moments that matter. What sits at your foundation of purpose? What is it that you are building upon? What matters most to you? Are you creating moments that matter? My final invitation to you is to focus on why. How has this conversation had an impact on you? What value have you received from tuning in? What are your reflections with actions? Please take a moment to leave me an Apple podcast or Spotify review sharing how Focus on Why has made a difference to you today. Remember, the conversation doesn't end here. To keep it going, simply connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook or Twitter or join the Focus on Why Facebook group. All the links are in the show notes. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.